With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. When you have a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. This past weekend for Mother's Day, I'm treating my wife while grilling. I'm treating myself with a Miller Lite. Miller Lite, it just tastes right. Whether it's barbecue season or just celebrating a regular day with burgers and dogs, with a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Rodgers' season in Green Bay has been compared to Michael Jordan's documentary, The Last Dance. It was Rodgers and Devontae Adams maybe riding off into the sunset like MJ and Pippen did in their final Bulls season. Of course, Chicago won the title that year. Green Bay would take that. But if you watch the last episode, you know the Bulls dynasty fell apart the following year. Well, yesterday, Packer fans got a glimpse of the future without Aaron Rodgers. Safe to say, not pretty. Second-year player Jordan Love got the start. He struggled, but to be fair, it was his first game. He'll get better, but the game was a subtle reminder of just how hard it will be to replace Aaron Rodgers, whether it's next season or in three seasons. But it was a wild week, and it's been a wild season for Green Bay. You get the feeling that it will make for a great documentary someday. Maybe a 30 for 30. Everyone in Green Bay hopes the 2021 portion has a happy ending, even if the franchise future looks uncertain. We love to give grades. After a draft, you give a grade. How your team did, give a grade. After a game, you give a grade. I would say incomplete for Jordan Love, and you could use that in a variety of ways. He uh, just... Look timid, which is understandable. That's a tough place to go and play. But I think what happened yesterday is the focus was on Jordan Love. But the spotlight still needs to be on Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes had 166 yards midway through the fourth quarter passing. Green Bay was out without with uh, without a couple of its uh, starters on defense. No Aaron Rodgers. Chiefs couldn't run the ball. So while we can focus on Jordan Love, who we expected to struggle, Kansas City Chiefs didn't look good at all. If Rodgers played yesterday, I think we're talking about something different. 
But you're watching Kansas City. You're watching Patrick Mahomes. Troy Aikman brought it up. Why aren't you taking the seven-yard completion? It's right there. Going for the home run. And it goes back to the analogy I've used with Steph Curry. Hey, Steph, stop taking threes. I, we want you to go inside. Yeah, but I shoot threes. Patrick Mahomes, hey, stop throwing the home run ball. Take what they give you. And he seems to struggle with that. But they held on for dear life against a Green Bay team that could muster very little offense there. I thought Jordan Love looked a little bit better late in the game, but that's almost that desperation time where Matt LaFleur probably said, just try to make something happen. But he did look timid. Uh, I was surprised they didn't run the ball more against Kansas City. Maybe give him a little bit of a breather there. And uh, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I don't feel good about that win at all. If I'm Green Bay, okay, I didn't expect a win. You want to see a glimpse of greatness? But, you know, trying to figure out this week for a Green Bay Packer fan, pretty tough because of what Rodgers said. Now you're kind of stuck in limbo. This next game, you got Seattle coming up. And that'll be at home. Is Jordan Love going to play there? But look, Aaron Rodgers said what he said on Friday. That's what he believes. I said this a couple, uh, and I'm trying to think what day we talked about this. Um, I brought it up that in his mind, he probably thought that he was vaccinated. In his mind. And that's what turns out, in his mind, he thought that he was safe. Okay, now I have to look at the football fallout. Whatever you want to talk about with Aaron Rodgers, it's become political. I don't want to make it political. I make it about football. Aaron Rodgers is still not there. I told you somebody close to this said that they're not going to suspend him. He's probably going to be fine. The Packers are probably going to be fine. They were complicit in this as well. Now let's look at just the football portion of this. And that is, it looks like Jordan Love is going to play against Seattle. I don't know if Seattle is going to get Odell Beckham, but uh, looks like they're at the top of the list. Uh, the Saints probably in there as well, maybe one other team. Also, one thing to keep in mind when it comes to Odell Beckham, we're going to find out by Tuesday at 4 o'clock if he clears waivers, and then he might be able to pick the team that he wants. The last two years of Odell Beckham's deal were taken off the contract by the Browns, so he's a free agent in March. If somebody gets him this week, then that team will be in a position to uh, give him a long-term contract, which is probably what's going to happen. See, the way he played it, and I, I thought that this was what he was trying to do, is I want to get out of here, I want to go to someplace else, I want to pick where I want to go, and then I'm going to get a new contract. That might be how this plays out for Odell Beckham. He might be in uniform for Seattle in that game against Green Bay, if that's where he ends up. If you would have said, you know, Kansas City was going to win, but score 13 points, I would have went, uh-oh, that's not good. The Buffalo Bills scoring six points in Jacksonville. Uh-oh. The Dallas Cowboys down 30 to nothing at home to Denver. Uh-oh. Welcome to the NFL. Week in and week out where you go, wait, what's happening? That's the way it was yesterday. You know, the Raiders losing the Giants didn't surprise me. You know, the Giants are not bad, and they're at home, and the Giants usually do this where they'll go on a run of about four or five games with everything the Raiders have been through, and you're going to travel cross-country. I'm not surprised at that at all. Uh, I said I had a weird feeling about the Jags against the Bills. They were 15-and-a-half-point underdogs and won that game. I was shocked 
shocked with what Denver did in Dallas. We'll talk to Ed Werder, who covers the Cowboys. The Titans going to the Rams, and you bring in Adrian Peterson, he scores a touchdown, and you manhandle the Rams. That game decided in the first quarter. Back-to-back interceptions with Matthew Stafford. And look at what my Titans have done. They've defeated the Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and Rams. Those were all playoff teams. Mr. Titan. Yes. That was my dark horse for the Super Bowl. And then, of course, you know, you got Derrick Henry going down. Adrian Peterson, I guess, was deciding between dancing with the Stars or dancing with the Titans, and he chose the Titans here. Oh, the NFL. It just keeps on giving. By the way, I got updated Super Bowl odds if you're interested in that. Not that I can tell if you're shaking your head, yes or no, but uh, I'll give that to you coming up in a moment. Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The 2021 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. And it's every member waiting to impress. impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. According to Vegas, updated Super Bowl odds. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, your favorites. Then it's the Buffalo Bills. Then it's the Rams. The Titans and the Cardinals are tied. Then it's the Packers, Ravens, and the Dallas Cowboys. The Chiefs are in there after that, followed by the Chargers. We're at the halfway point, and I don't know if anybody has a handle on just how good or how bad somebody is. Because Jags didn't think they were that good, but playing at home, and they have a pretty good defense. Couldn't muster any offense there. But this is another one of those games that I should be looking at the Jags and giving them credit, but I'd look at Buffalo because Buffalo is so uneven that they have these moments where you go, they're the best team in the AFC. And then there are other moments where you go, they're so self-reliant on Josh Allen. They don't have a running game. And that offense was anemic yesterday. Dallas Cowboys, that's no excuse. You know, Denver gets rid of Von Miller and then goes in there and shuts you down. Titans going to L.A. I thought the Eagles were going to beat the Chargers and nearly did, but that's a bigger picture uh, picture story there with uh, what's going on with the Eagles here this next season because heads are probably going to roll somewhere. Yes, McLevin. Do you buy any of the theory that the NFL has figured out Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen just play your safeties way back, take away the big play, and it's harder for them to do their thing? Well, I don't know if I look at Josh Allen the same way I do Patrick Mahomes, but I do think defenses, like it just makes sense. This is a quick strike offense. All I want to do is make sure I keep everything in front because they're so used to getting on the field and having a three-minute drive and then getting a touchdown. I want you to adapt. I want you to play our style of football if I'm a defense. And not everybody can do this, but, you know, I don't have to blitz. I can have four guys rush. I don't think the offensive line is still that good. I want Patrick Mahomes to be patient. And I don't know if he can be because of what has happened before in his career. They have weapons, but there's still some big question marks there. I came away thinking more about Kansas City than I did Green Bay yesterday. Now, let me see Jordan Love play a home game and see how he does. You know, getting that one game, and I'm not going to give you a referendum on Jordan Love. Is he going to be an NFL starter? I think he has talent, but I wanted to see him be able to be a little bit more of the quarterback who was at Utah State. 
And we didn't see that yesterday. But, you know, they came in and almost won that game. So I, I came away feeling a little bit better about Green Bay than I did about Kansas City. All right, we'll come up with a poll question. We got our play of the day, stat of the day. McLovin, what are you going to go with today? Okay, we're going to go start with worst loss, and we'll include college football to put the Michigan State Spartans lose to Purdue. Wake Forest loses their undefeated season at Heartbreaker, North Carolina. Uh, the Bills, uh, the aforementioned Bills, the Cowboys. Right. The Now, here's I wonder if you put these two teams on the poll, the Rams and the 49ers. I'm not going to put the Niners on there. The Rams, I would put them on there because they're one of the top four Super Bowl teams. The, the, the Cowboys, to me, was the most shocking. I don't know if people will view it that way. They'll probably look at the Bills losing at Jacksonville. So that's one of the biggest road favorite teams to lose in NFL history. Wake Forest, I'm not surprised. Uh, Michigan State, Purdue does this. I'm not surprised at Michigan State. So I would say it's either the Bills or the Cowboys. Um, I was surprised at the Cowboys. I was shocked because I kept thinking, wait, you're getting shut out at home. But here's the thing. The Patriots are on the heels of the Buffalo Bills. And we might not look at how, you know, like how the Patriots look aesthetically, but they're still the Patriots. They got a good quarterback. They have a good defense, good secondary, and you got Bill Belichick. I think they're a playoff team. Thought that at the beginning of the year. They've been uneven as well. Buffalo can't afford to be slipping up with games like this. Dallas is in a bad division. They can afford a loss. But, you know, it's one of those, is this a good loss for Dallas? I don't know. We'll talk to Ed Werder about that, where you get that, oh, hey, we want to, you know, you get that reminder of, hey, you're not as good as you think you are, as good as your record is. What else do you have, McLovin? Okay, uh, this is an odd poll. You might find it odd. But who is leading the handsome coaching power rankings? Cliff Kingsbury, Sean McVay, <laughs> Matt LaFleur, and this is a polarizing one, but Kyle Shanahan, I think he's a pretty good-looking man. But is it possible that Cliff Kingsbury is all that and more after the Cardinals won with Colt McCoy? I'm going uh, to hold off on answering that question for maybe another week or another year or when I'm retired. You want some photo, photos slow... that I should put up on the website? No. To compare? I don't think we're that desperate on a Monday after what we had yesterday to be discussing the uh, handsome head coaching rankings right now. But uh, I do appreciate you uh, bringing that to my attention. Yes, yes. There are some stories, though, that are just too important. You mean that? It's too important? Yeah. Oh, it is? Mm. I'll go uh, Cliff Kingsbury all day, you know, especially when the sun is on him, you know, in San Francisco. Oh, he's got a nice tan. <laughs> yes, he does. I like how he got into it with one of the uh, guys on the 49ers. Like, they were trash talking on the sidelines. I'm like, oh, boy. Yes, Paul. By the way, coach is trash talking. Nobody's safer than a coach. You can't hit him. <laughs> he's like he's like a behind a guard bear. You know, Pete Carroll should be on the handsome coach thing. If you think about it, looks to age ratio. Okay, all right. He's okay. 70 years old, right, Dan. Right, and he right. looks really good. Yeah, he does. I know. Just saying the ratio. Let's take a break here, and uh, we'll come up with our play of the day. It shouldn't be underappreciated, though. Matt LaFleur kind of taking some of the uh, slings and arrows for Jordan Love yesterday. That's mm. also very appealing. Mm. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The original light beer. 1975. Miller Lite. Yeah, the original. Yeah, 1975. Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day, I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Lite, my friend, right there with me. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. It's You can't debate it. I would try it. No, least. you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Let's bring in Ed Werder, who covers the Cowboys, ESPN NFL reporter. What's your reaction to that, Ed? Yeah, I think, uh, good morning, Dan. I think, um, you know, as Dak Prescott once said, the Cowboys were probably guilty of sniffing themselves going into this game. I mean, I think they had every right to feel confident. They were um, playing at home. They had a, a six-game winning streak. Uh, Dak Prescott was returning. They were averaging 40 points a game at home. You know, they're playing a Broncos team that's lost four out of five. They hadn't had a single win against a quality opponent all year. And, you know, they're coming off a week in which they're going through the upheaval of wondering if the front office threw their season away because the new GM there, George Payton, traded Vaughn Miller, the greatest defensive player in franchise history. And so there were all kinds of questions about the Broncos and very few about the Cowboys. And then, Dak Prescott came out and had one of the worst games of his career. His completion percentage was um, – the he came in as leading the NFL in completion percentage. This was the lowest completion percentage game he had had since he was a rookie against the Giants in a game that ended an 11-game winning streak. And what he did yesterday ended a six-game winning streak. Does – you know, sometimes we look at a loss and it's a standalone loss. But are there things there? And you're playing in an easy division or an easier division. And, and I don't know if there's that. There's no sense of urgency here. But is, is this an aberration or do you think there's something a little more to this? 
Yeah, I think I think until proven otherwise, it's an aberration. But they still have to prove that this is a standalone bad performance and ugly loss. It's up to them to to demonstrate that. We reserve the right to uh, reevaluate and change our opinion. Right now, I still think I went into the game thinking the Cowboys are one of the best teams in the NFC. Uh, I still think they're one of the best teams in the league. But if they go do this this weekend against the Falcons in a game that's going to mean an awful lot to their defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, who got fired there last year as a head coach, uh, then I might have a different opinion as to what this team's capable of. But right now, I still think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. When did you realize it was not going to be Dallas's day? Well, I thought it was an odd decision. You know, we've seen Mike McCarthy uh, follow the analytics and be very averse to uh, field goals. And he didn't take one on either of their first two possessions, uh, which the Broncos interpreted as they took offense to it. They thought it was arrogance on the on the part of the Cowboys. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and all the other players that you spoke to after the game made the same point that that motivated us. We were we were pretty upset by that. Uh, and they did score 10 points immediately after the Cowboys failed on fourth down, what, four different times in the game, the most in, in, in 20 years that uh, they took that chance. Sometimes they were forced into it. But, I, you know, I just think it was a bad day, from, and, and there were a lot of weird things that happened in the game to their detriment. I mean, they start the game with a 54-yard kickoff turn by Tony Pollard, so they have, uh, they're on the Broncos' side of the field to start the game, and they don't score with it. And... You know, then they get an interception by Jordan Lewis that's negated by a Trayvon Diggs penalty. And then they have the block kick to start the second <laughs> half and the Broncos end of the field and they don't get the ball uh, in, in a situation that almost never happens. I mean, the rookie, Nashawn Wright, is kind of the modern-day uh, Leon Lett for, for touching a ball that could have been the Cowboys if they just let it alone. Um, and, and you can't really expect a rookie to know that and make that decision when the ball bounces up in his face he doesn't know where he is relative to the line of scrimmage. I totally get that. But uh, that was just a, you know, a confluence of odd things that happened, uh, and they, they didn't benefit from any of them. And so you kind of got the sense it was that kind of day. I would say relative to the, the bite you play to open the, the press conference, you know, Dak Prescott, he said something similar in that, you know, hey, sometimes you come off a win like we had in Minnesota with your backup quarterback. You think you could just roll out there and get it done. Um, and so I think that tells you everything about the level of overconfidence that they had. And, you know, it seemed to me they cared a lot more about playing well at the, in the last five minutes when they were trying to avoid the shutout yeah. than they did when they were in the previous 55 minutes when they might have been trying to win the game. Can Dallas outcoach other teams? I don't know. I think, uh, you know, I think Mike McCarthy is questionable in terms of some of the decisions he makes in terms of game management. I think, you know, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, has demonstrated that he's a really creative play caller and knows how to use their personnel and create favorable matchups. And same for Dan Quinn. You know, I think he's taken the worst defense in franchise history and turned it into something really at least average, kind of the Kansas City Chiefs philosophy when, you know, they were been winning the last three years. Be great on offense, be average on defense, take the ball away, create some short fields and extra possessions, which, which brings me to this point, Dan. You know, they went, they had 10 straight games where they created multiple turnovers. In the last two weeks, they've created no turnovers on defense, and they scored 20 points one week and 16 points the next week. Where do you think the Cowboys rank in the NFC hierarchy? I tend to think they're probably not as good as the Rams, and they'll get to play the Cardinals, so we'll see that matchup. I don't think they're probably as good as the Cardinals. I covered the Cardinals at Tennessee, and I thought they were really impressive in the best game I'd seen Tyler Murray play live. 
Uh, I think they're probably, you know, somewhere around where the Packers are. They're, they're probably third or fourth. But one, one interesting thing, you know, you talked about this being an aberration. And, and again, I think it is. The one interesting thing to watch is the fact that Vic Fangio and Brandon Staley, the Chargers first-year head coach, they coached together on defense in Denver um, until Staley got the job. And they have a shared defensive philosophy. And yesterday, Fangio said, I just don't think a lot of teams played the Cowboys the right way. And so that bears watching from the standpoint of the Cowboys won when they played the Chargers at San Diego or at Los Angeles in the second week of the season, but they only scored 20 points. That was the fewest points they'd scored in any Dak Prescott start. And then yesterday, facing many of the same defensive challenges from Fangio, they only scored 16 points. So maybe there is something of a blueprint out there. Dak, when asked about it after the game, said, I hope everybody, you know, plays us the way these two teams have played us. But the, the facts speak for themselves. They didn't handle, you know, the coverage is being disguised. They didn't get blitzed. They, they make a living off getting blitzed and making big plays. They took that away from the Cowboys. And again, Dak had a really bad day throwing the football and he didn't get help from his receivers who dropped a lot of passes. So what is that blueprint? The blueprint is play uh, two high safeties, uh, change the look at the right in a pre when he's making his pre-snap read at the line of scrimmage. Uh, get four-man pressure, don't blitz. The, the Broncos blitz uh, was the fewest blitzes that Dak had seen all year. He'd been one of the most blitz quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, so get pressure with, with four and disguise coverages, play coverage, that, and take away the big play. That seems to be what the Chargers, um, who had success, even though they lost the game, and what Vic Fangio did yesterday. Great to talk to you as always, Ed. Thank you. Thanks for the invite, Dan. Clean the desk, will you? Oh, no, never. Adding more tchotchkes here, not less. That's uh, Ed Werder, ESPN NFL reporter covering the Cowboys. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports business society and pop culture meet the truth absolute fire on mondays wednesdays and fridays facts only make sure you check your feelings at the door because no bs is allowed we keep it 100 this is where real conversations happen listen to the right or wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts there's no distance too far for the perfect trip Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Carson Palmer, former NFL quarterback, of course, won the Heisman Trophy at USC and uh, making his weekly appearance, brought to you by Level Select CBD. Carson, good morning. What should we have been looking for with Jordan Love yesterday? Well, the the Packers organization has a massive decision to make, as we all know, at the end of this season. And that was the worst case scenario. I mean, all Jordan had to do was go out and complete 20 of 32 passes for 250 yards and two touchdowns. Unfortunately, they were inept on offense. They couldn't hardly move, move the ball. He looked like a rookie in his first opportunity to get on the field. He had no rhythm, no timing. There's a couple balls that he threw to Devontae Adams that Devontae was the most confused guy on the field. It just, it, it was worst case scenario. All he had to do, he didn't have to go out, you know, and light it up like Aaron did in his first chance to play after Brett Favre left. You know, Aaron went out and, and, and put on a show. He didn't have to do that. He just needed to go out and move the ball and look somewhat successful. Unfortunately, it went the opposite direction. They couldn't move the ball. The Packers have a massive decision to make at the end of this year. And now if Aaron comes back, you know, right before next week's game against Seattle, it was so bad on offense. You can't, if if Aaron is available to play, he has to play to keep them in the playoff hunt for that number one seed in the NFC. If they have to go with Jordan again, it looks like they may not, may not be able to beat a Russell Wilson, less Seahawk team. But also I was wondering that you knew they were going to blitz. If you're Matt LaFleur, and why not run the ball more? Or could could the play calling have been smarter for Jordan Love? You know, it's also on LaFleur. LaFleur was there when they made that first-round pick for Jordan Love. So it was only to Coach LaFleur's benefit for Jordan to go out and have success and move the ball. So, um, you know, I would have assumed that Matt LaFleur would have put Jordan in the most uh advantageous situation possible give him as much success as he can get him as comfortable as he can by running the football by throwing more screens getting him some easier passes and when they did run the football aaron jones looked pretty good he had a couple nice big runs but they just didn't stick to it 
They kind of felt like Kansas City was going to hang 30 or 40 points on them, so they needed to throw the ball. It was, a, it was an odd game plan and really an unsuccessful day for the, the Packers organization. Yeah, but I think the bigger picture, and nobody's going to focus on this, Carson, is Kansas City. Kansas City didn't look good against Green Bay at home without Aaron Rodgers. Kansas City hasn't looked good in a month. Um, they, they're a team that we have given them a long leash. We keep saying they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. But now we're going on a month long of saying they're going to be fine. They're going to figure it out. They have not figured it out. Um, there were opportunities to run the ball where they just needed to be a little more uh, consistent with the running game. And, and they had some success early, but they just keep wanting that big splash play, that big long play to, to Tyreek Hill, that big long completion to, to Travis Kelsey. They're not getting him. Kelsey, you know, I, you don't know what's going on. There were some dropped passes. He was jumping off sides left and right. He doesn't look like an established veteran. He doesn't look comfortable. Mahomes doesn't look comfortable. I think there's definitely reason to be concerned in Kansas City. But we're starting to see defenses almost look at a blueprint against Kansas City, and, and it felt like Denver's defense did the same thing against Dallas. We're going to play deep. We're going to make you do everything underneath here, and we're going to try to put pressure on you. And it was very successful for Denver yesterday in one of the bigger surprises. How do you explain what happened to Dallas? Yeah, I think those two those two fourth down calls on fourth and one were, uh, you know, were the first one McCarthy thinks, all right, I'm going to give it to Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott, and he'll get one yard. He's always done it throughout his career. Sure enough, he gets stuffed. Denver's going the other way with the ball. And then McCarthy said, all right, I'm going to put it in my other best player on my team's hands and Dak's hands on fourth and one or fourth and two, and he throws an errant pass. I mean, it was kind of one of those games where as a head coach, you're giving it to your two best players, putting it in their hands to find a way to get a first down. They weren't able to do it. Shockingly, nobody expected after that Vaughn Miller trade and kind of the the down couple weeks that Denver's had over this last month. Nobody thought that was going to happen. And Denver just flat out outplayed Dallas from play one to the, to the last play of the game. How do you explain the Bills going to Jacksonville? Oh, just turnovers. I mean, it was, it, it was, you know, it was tough to watch. There were some nice plays that, that Buffalo was making, but Josh was just getting careless with the ball. He had a couple fumbles. He had a couple interceptions. Um, and, and when you've got a desperate, hungry team like they are in Jacksonville, they're just searching for anything. They'll, they'll take whatever they can get. If you continuously give them the ball and, and turn the ball over, it just goes to show you. You've got to protect the football because some of the best teams in the league can lose to one of the worst teams in the league if they don't protect the football, and they didn't do that. But what's it like when you go out on the field against an inferior opponent and you have to keep telling yourself that we can't take them lightly, but players still, teams still to do take the opposition lightly? Yeah, Buffalo got off the bus yesterday walking into the stadium knowing they had more talent on their bus than the other team did. And they played like it. They looked flat. Um, they had some silly mistakes. Like I said, Josh was careless with the ball. Um, and Jacksonville, their, their key marquee players, Jacksonville's Josh Allen made plays. He had, a, he had a sack. He had a fumble recovery. He had an interception. Um, you saw Trevor Lawrence making some really nice plays. The five-star players in Jacksonville, Jacksonville played like five-star players. The elite players in, in Buffalo did not play like the five-star elite players that, that they were. I think midway through the fourth quarter, Stephon Diggs had two or three catches. 
I mean, it was just one of those days for, for Buffalo. They need to forget about that. They need to wash their hands of it. They need to learn from it and move on. Talking to Carson Palmer, former NFL vet, joining us courtesy of Level Select CBD. Baker Mayfield spread the wealth. He had 14 completions to eight different receivers. They ran the football, played some pretty good defense here. Um, are they better without Odell Beckham with what they want to do offensively? I, I think they are. I mean, when you have a when you are a young quarterback like Baker is, and you have this almost an icon in in Odell Beckham. That's a weight on your shoulders that you have to carry. That is something in the back of your mind as you're calling the the play in the huddle and you're you're scanning the huddle and you see Odell's eyes, <laughs> you naturally know, okay, I got to find a way to get him the ball. I got to I got to keep him happy. I got to keep feeding him even if the coverage doesn't dictate the ball going to him. I need to get the ball in his hands. But did you, you go just through felt this that. at Cincinnati when you first got there of keeping somebody happy? All the time. I mean, I had Terrell Owens in one side of the huddle and Chad Ochocinco in the other. And I knew <laughs> that both of those guys, I mean, the receiver position, you can feel um, you can feel non-existent if the ball isn't in your hands. If you're just consistently running routes and turning and watching and seeing the ball go to other players, you can feel like you're never part of the game. And and certain players like Odell, like Chad Ochocinco, I knew from a mindset uh, position. I knew I needed to get the ball in Chad's hands. I knew T.O. needed to touch the ball at some point in the first half, probably the first quarter. That's the same thing with Odell. Odell needs, he's a rhythm player. Once he gets in a rhythm, he gets harder and harder to cover, but he needs the ball in his hands to get in that rhythm. And you just watching that game yesterday, you just felt like this massive elephant was off of the back of Baker Mayfield. I mean, he had so much mental energy over the last two years, trying to think of ways to keep him involved in the game plan and get the ball in his hands. And you just saw him, them let it loose. I mean, they had big play after big play. I mean, Peoples had the 70 yard uh, reception. Chubb had a 60 or 70 yard run. You just kind of felt watching that game that the best team on the field without question was Cleveland Browns. And I think going into that game, I was thinking the best team on that field that day was the Cincinnati Bengals and they proved me wrong. I got to put you in the Hall of Fame for just putting up with Chad Ochocinco and Terrell Owens in the same huddle. Like, who was tougher? Uh, I I loved it. I mean, it was constant comedy in practice, and there was some highs and lows and ups and downs, but, but that's the game. But hearing those two guys tell you while you're calling a play that I'm open, I'm open. I'm like, dude, we're calling a running play. Relax. <laughs> we'll get you on the next one. But yeah, I mean th- those those two uh, those two mouths and those two trash talkers were a lot of fun to play with. But but how did you did it get to the point where it it was disruptive to the team that they wanted no, the ball all never. the time? No, be, be, and and the reason it wasn't was because those two guys practiced as hard as any other player on the field every single day. I mean, Tio was a workhorse. Chad would go from the number one offense practicing against the number two defense to when the number two offense would go in, he would sub himself in to get extra reps against the ones. <laughs> so, I mean, it, when you have, when you have some guys that have those kind of egos and those kind of personalities, but they show up to work and they work their butt off every day in practice, you let all that other stuff go to the side because they set the standard in practice. When, when your best players and your biggest egos work harder than everybody else, that's a good situation to be in. Would you want Odell Beckham? I would because he's the kind of guy you can throw a slant to and he can go 65 yards. Now he needs the right pieces around him. He needs the, um, the right play caller, the right head coach, the right 
receiver coach. I mean, there's a lot that goes into controlling and, and um, being able to be successful with that type of player on your team. But from a from an ability standpoint, there aren't many guys that can run the routes that he can and make the plays that he can. So I would take him. We had Ben Roethlisberger on last week. He sounded relaxed, like this is everything's good. Doesn't know how much longer he's going to play, but feels like he's in a good spot there. Um, do you think? Like I don't know if Ben is still. He had a good year last year, which people forget about. But is he still a a formidable weapon? in the NFL? Well, I, he's definitely lost some, some velocity on the ball. He's lost some pocket movement. He's lost some agility and, and ability to extend plays, which, which is what his forte was. I mean, that was what he was so great at. Um, but he's an absolute, he, he's a winner. I mean, he finds ways to win games and he may not have it velocity wise. He may not have the deep ball that he used to have, but he's still good enough to win games for you. And they still are good enough on defense that that defense can keep their offense in games where it's close enough where you just give Ben one drive. He needs a field goal. He's down by two. He needs a touchdown. He's down by five. He's good enough to win a game at the end of the game, which at the end of the day, that's all you need in this league. Um, but there's no doubt. I mean, it's it's the, the clock is ticking. His body is definitely looking like it's 38 years old. But he's still been Ben Roethlisberger. He's got Super Bowl championships. He's been in, in big games. He's been in that moment. He's trying to win one last one on his way out the door. Uh, I just don't know if they're good enough offensively, if the, if the weapons he has around him are good enough to get them one more Super Bowl win. I don't know who to trust in the AFC right now because I think the Titans have proven to be the best team considering who they've defeated. I just don't know if people would buy into them as – the Super Bowl favorite right now. So who would you say that's the team that the team to beat in the AFC? Yeah, not, not without, not without, um, I'm blanking on his name. Derrick Henry. Uh, the running back. No, not without Derrick Henry. I mean, it, it, that game was an anomaly last night. I mean, there were some weird things that happened special teams wise before you knew it, they were up 21, three, um, you know, Adrian Peterson is a great, option to have right now, but he is not Derrick Henry. That team is built upon Derrick Henry's shoulder. So um, they probably aren't the best. I, I still think even though that game was really, really ugly in, uh, in Jacksonville yesterday, hmm. I still think Buffalo's probably the favorite. They've got the best defense. But at the end of the day, that was a field goal kicking fest. They really, they, they defense did not lose the game. Offensively, they couldn't hold on to the ball. But you can you can see Josh Allen. He he is up and down. He when he is hot, it is red hot. When he's cold, he was he was stone cold yesterday. But they were still in the game. They still were just a field goal away. So um, the AFC is is funky, no doubt. But I still think Buffalo is the team to beat in the AFC. Great to talk to you as always, Carson. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Dan. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a ten year, one hundred thousand mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.